This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min uh, Football Network. Uh, I was going to say, uh, we're a bit down, but not too down, even though we lost 5 1. Um, <laughs> we got to see, let's be honest, guys, we got to see greatness on the pitch yesterday. Um, Chiquinho, it was, it was fantastic. And, you know, I think that's the only thing we can really take from the game but uh joining me tonight to of course talk about Wolves defeat to Man City I've got Stu and Tom how are we both feeling this evening oh, it's... I'm not even mad it's just well okay and it's not it's not like one of them defeats where you kind of dread being routed on to do this it was I was quite looking forward to this this afternoon I thought oh, yeah I'm quite looking forward to tonight I don't know why um it's not even to rant about anything in particular I'll just and a kind of weird, it was almost like a zen out-of-body experience watching that yesterday because we were so battered <laughs> and outclassed. It was like, okay, you literally can't do anything about this. Yeah, it was a bit... Um, like, you're completely right. The difference between like us you know, losing 3-1 to Brighton and 5-1 to Man City and your reactions to it. But, well, essentially, they were all... Very similar, um, but we'll, we'll talk starting lineups first because you know what? I was pretty, I was really happy when I saw the starting lineup. Um, like you know, the fact we, um, I was gonna say Bruno had gone for a bit of a gamble. I think we were on our what our fourth choice touchline manager, was it? <laughs> I yeah. Um, but you know, as I sort of Joked at the start, um, Chiquinho gets his first start in this sort of hybrid right wing back role. Johnny's uh, um, right centre half, and you know we we've got Jimenez and Neto up front. Tom, were you kind of fairly happy with the lineup? It's like a bit different, but a bit of fun. Yeah, we've got fuck all to play for. Well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't rotate the midfield, you know, because there's literally just three of them. Um, yeah, I was happy to see Chiquinho starts. Happy to see Neto given another go. Um, seems to be coming back, but back up to fitness. Um, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, had no real complaints. Again, uh, obviously no safe. Um, Toti was, you know, a possibility, but then you wanted to see Johnny play. Uh, so yeah, no real complaints from me. Stu, how how are you? I mean, I know you've been sort of crying out for a, something a bit different. Um, well, the last sort of six weeks or so. Um, and again, this this had a very different feel to a starting lineup for the first time in a while. Yeah, I think the um, the last twenty minutes against Chelsea kind of dealt his hand a little bit because this kind of weird. I mean, turning Johnny into a, a Wolverhampton version of Carl Walker was unexpected um, a week ago, and I still don't think he re- really worked from a um, central defender point of view. I just think it. it that the whole experiment just failed. Whereas at he, Chelsea chasing the game 
having Chiquinho being a wild man and let let loose and being vaguely defensive sometimes, it kind of worked there. Didn't really work yesterday, did it? Um, but, but from the lineup point of view, I thought, well, yeah, like you just said, it's something different. We can't moan for once. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a little bit surprised that I, I know, like, when you saw the lineup that the um, um, that the, the official social media team put out, like, it, it is very much like Chiquinho wing back, but. We, we'd have got bat. I was going to say we'd have got battered. We got battered anyway. But I was a little bit surprised we didn't go for the back and try it and go sort, like it. Sort of half was though, wasn't it? I think yeah, at times did... it looked like it was four at the back. Yeah, yeah. I think either it was either Chiquinho didn't quite know the role well, which I'm not having to go for at all because let's face it, he's not a right wing back and he wasn't signed as a right wing back. But it was either that or it was yeah. We we were sort of half playing four, half playing five. But I mean, Christ did City exploit it. Yeah, I mean, think... the, the best the best teams always do. They saw it from a mile off, and all their attacks came down that side, and it, it really showed. <laughs> it, it, it did. I mean, it didn't. It didn't exactly take them um, long to get on the score sheet with De Bruyne getting his first of four um, on the night. But yeah, it felt like the, Man City just time and again were like. Oh, so you've got a couple of players in different positions. Fabulous. <laughs> I know we all evening. Um, yeah, I, I'll brush over the first goal and we'll go to a nice bit of hope. In that we scored a goal against Man City coming from behind and it was a really good goal as well. Like, it's going to get lost in the myriad of everything yesterday. Don't, don't get me wrong. But that's what we think Donk should be doing every week, right? Yeah, but no, no one expected it to be anything other than blazed over the bar. As, yeah. soon, as, as soon as you saw it, the team bearing down on goal, you thought, "Where's it going to go?" Um, I think that was it. Was probably more shock, shock and surprise in that kind of goal celebration slash reaction to anything else because no one, especially on his his recent form, how bad he's been, and his overall game continued to be bad. Um, British shooting has been left to be, well, a lot to be desired, really, all season long. Mm. And this is like the Dendonker who who turned up halfway through the first season back, where he was getting there and he was following through. And it was a great finish. And I watched it back when I watched it back on Saturday this afternoon. It was better than I thought. He's, he's actually really composed. <laughs> it's gone straight through Edison. But again, pace on the ball, which something, again, you don't expect from Dendonker. There's yeah, a lot was... to like about the goal, I thought. You know, yeah. that Jimenez hold up and run and he played the right pass eventually uh, this season. Um, and then, you know, Neto charging through, yeah, you know, getting his head up and picking out the right pass and, and yeah, and a dunk goal, which is a rarity in itself. But I thought there's quite a lot to like about it. Yeah, it seemed like a restructured goal. And there was a couple of times um, yesterday where... <sighs> We kind of showed that we had an idea of how we wanted to get past Man City. And we had it a couple of times in the first half. And we'll go on style of play a bit later. But that goal almost, it felt like that's the blueprint here. We know that we can pass it. We know we've got the skills and the technical movement to exploit them if we want to. Um, but it very much reminds me of my first year at university. Um, and... Bear with me with this. I was, we were playing our, I was playing um, 
was going to say, Sunday League, it was like Inter Mule, whatever you want to call it. So it's like a casual league run by the uni. And like we in our league, we were like the second to worst team. And in the last game of the season, we were playing a team who were competing to finish top. And they needed to get, I think it was, they, they needed to beat us by like five goals or something stupid. And the opposition team had come at like 10am on a Sunday to come and watch, to basically cheer us on. And we went 1-0 down and my friend Sam scored and went 1-1. And it was like, hang on, are we going to do it against like, basically it was like the uni second team. And we we were just like, you know, some dumb students who kicked a ball about on a Sunday. We're like, hang on, we've got a chance here, lads. They consequently <laughs> beat us 8-1 and the other team would come out on a Sunday morning to essentially lose the title. Um Bristol Rovers special. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm pretty sure from memory we gave we gave away a handball where the ball basically got knocked through, and <laughs> our centre half slapped it away out of frustration for number eight, and just looked at us like, I don't know what you want me to do. It's like fucking anything from that. But anyway, uh, enough about um, Abazajan. Shout out. Um, yeah. <laughs> It did sort of feel like we'd. In my, I think at the time I was like, "Hang on, we've rattled them here. We we know what Man City are like when they come here. They don't like it, etc." I think we made them a bit angry, and we made Kevin De Bruyne a bit angry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, I think the rest kind of spoke for itself, didn't it, Stu? All I could think of was that quote from Pep about how he was scared of Dendonka. Yeah, I had three people text me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. think, has he watched any, any of our games recently? And then that happened. I thought, oh, no. He has. And you could see him, because he don't really do, patrol the, uh, the, his area, does he? He just sits there moodily in his big coat. And, um, yeah, they don't like it when things don't go their way, do they? And it, if, as if they needed, I, mean, I think it was on the Ramble or so, it was definitely on another podcast where they, they'd said Man, Man City are going to absolutely batter people now, have to get, get knocked out of the Champions League, yeah. take it out on everyone else, and probably the cup final, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, and that's what they did. And I think us kind of daring to have the audacity to score against them kind of pushed them on even further. And boy, did they exploit that. Yeah. I mean, the. Well, I, I watched the game on TV and, you know, you could say it for first goal and but definitely for the second, like, there, there are a few teams who know how to exploit space and hit gaps like Man City. But we didn't make it as hard as I think we should have. I think uh, particularly for uh, De Bruyne's second, where, like, Neves just completely switched off. It was like, of, of all, literally all players either in that game or in this league to switch off from, he's not the one to do it. And I know, I know me and you, Tom, um, spoke about this. I think it was at half time saying, I was really surprised they just didn't get Dendonka just to try and man mark him out of the game. And I know it's a bit, I don't know, Sunday league esque, but Dunks had that kind of job before against the likes of Pogba. It's worked really effectively. Teams do it. Teams have done it, and it's not necessarily yeah. a level of football. I've seen typically teams do it in the World Cup. They'll have people mm. just sitting on people, take them out of the game, and you knew after of the you know what five ten minutes that he yeah. was just absolutely dominating the game. 
So just stick someone on him. Okay, they've got other players who can hurt you, but it was if you let him have the freedom of the pitch, you were asking for trouble. And he kept picking up the pockets of space in between our defence and midfield. I, I think I think he played more like a false nine than than Foden did, to be honest. Yeah, Foden he was a lot more central, left, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. And he was just picking up those spaces. It, no, the midfield wasn't coming back to pick him up, so. Cody usually had to come forward and then the gap it left was just an absolute chasm and that was where the second goal came from. Yeah. Um, and again, third goal, it sort of had similar vibes but we just couldn't get anywhere near him. And looking back at it, I, not, so I struggle because I can't, I can't quite weigh up how, you know, on, on the spectrum, is it, Man City are just that good, or were Wolves just really poor? And I think if kind of falls like slap bangish in the middle, that yeah, they're really good, but we just kind of didn't do a couple of basic things and dig our heels in, which we've done before where we've put like 10 men behind the ball. But we've also been, I'd say, we all, little Dan hasn't, um, you know, some of us have been critical of that approach to games and to be that dogmatic so i do find it like i don't know we you it's that toss-up between being brave and being stupid isn't it you picked yeah, it you be... picked a good game to be brave in <laughs> yeah <laughs> he picked the wrong he picked the wrong one we've been screaming for him to do it he just picked the wrong game when you look at how we set up against liverpool at home where it was the complete opposite and it was frustrate and stay in your shape and do as much as possible to piss him off and keep him at arm's length, which worked if it wasn't for a certain bad boy um, messing everything up. And then you go to yesterday, which was the complete polar opposite of that. And you think there's got to be some middle ground between them two things, surely? Yeah, and I think there was there was a couple of inter- points in the first half, particularly uh, the second half ran away from us, to be honest, and there's almost not much to really write home about. But first half, there was a couple of points where we either gave away possession really sloppily, where we just needed to keep it that little bit longer. And it wasn't like Man City's press was panicking us. We were just, and, and like they were intercepting it away. We were just like, passing it to no one and I think that that frustrated me because that that wasn't Man City being really good that was Matino did it a couple of times it's like that's your job that is like the one that is what you are really good at and there's a couple of points where we just couldn't have that controlled aggression to really kind of hit home um, on a consistent basis particularly down that left side on the right side, however, wild card Chiquinho, who I was a bit anxious about seeing him start. Because uh, to be fair, he's, I think he's, is it before today, he's played about 60, 70 minutes of league football for Wolves or something silly. Yeah. yeah and, that is, and that is silly, isn't it? Let's face it now off the back of the, uh, that yeah, performance last night. Like, why on earth? <laughs> yeah. And I feel, well, I was going to say, I, I usually feel like one anyway, but I felt like a right mug because. I think in the last couple of last couple of games, no, he's clearly not ready to start. He's, he's he looks good when he comes on because he's a bit raw, and he's just running and he's crossing it, and you know he's got nothing to lose if it, something happens. But he was 
doing that against Man City. And I was like, hold on. This kid knows what he's doing here. I mean, yeah, he's supposed to be right wing back and he's basically our most forward player at every opportunity. But I tell you what, Zinchenko had a genuine nightmare against him for 60 minutes. Yeah, yeah whisked think... away for a penalty as well, wasn't it? It's, you know, that was, I, that was his doing. It. That was close. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I, genuinely, I, I usually don't like or care talking about referees, but that was a penalty. I, I don't see how that was mm. not a penalty. Stu, Stu's going to pull me up on this, but I don't see how you can catch the player, then turn your body to then kick the ball away. If he got the ball and he went through him fair, like there was one really early on where Laporte um, did a really great recovery tackle on Chiquinho in the box. And it's like, in real time, it was like, that's just fantastic defending. That wasn't good defending by Chiquinho. And I don't, it might have gone VAR, I think. It did, I think. Yeah. It wasn't enough to overturn it, I don't think. No. Um, but there, there was a couple of occasions like that, you know, I think it would have been in the second half. Yeah. Cause it was towards the South bank that, you know, Chiquino almost did like a Traore pass Zinchenko and Zinchenko hacks him, pulls him back. No booking, obviously, because you know, why, why, why bother booking players for that these days? Um, but it was a bona fide nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I, it was the same until, Watching him destroy Chelsea on his own, and uh, it was the same thing though. It was always oh, raw. He doesn't care. He's off the bench. But yesterday, it, it was the fact that he, when he was tracking back, he was he wasn't like jumping into tackles. He was just putting a block there and coming away with the ball over and over again against proper world class players, and not just not just one or two of them. That everyone who came near him, he's like, well, this kid's not a defender yet. He's probably won more. More jewels, I suppose you call it nowadays, than Dendonkras in the last month or so. And he came away with the ball, and he did some. He looked dangerous. I mean, yeah, he's crossing wild, brilliant. But he had what mere seconds this week, rather than a couple of paces like he did at Chelsea. But again, he's he was uh the fact that he has had so little minutes, the fact that he's so raw, he cost so little money, and you're talking about a team. What costs over one one and a quarter billion pounds to assemble in Man City, and he caused them more problems than anyone else. Kind of says everything you need to know about him. And I think you're thinking about unearthing gems. I think this is going way above anything we've found before because he's superb. He really is. So, my question on Jaquino. Actually, I've got about four or five to be honest. Now starting it so. My first one is, where does he fit in next season? Um, I'm guessing in like a front three, or because yeah, you know, loving to bits. I, I was loving it on socials yesterday talking about him, but he ain't. He ain't. I don't want to play him wing back if we can help it. <laughs> to be honest, nah. it's, it's a waste. It's a waste having him a wing back anyway. And if we go into a back four, like everyone in the entire world seems to think we are. If he's four four two or four two three one, he has to play the right hand side of whichever system that is. He just has to. There's no I don't see why or who else well, we haven't got anyone else who can play there anyway. But if you're gonna do it properly and not have inverted 
players on the wrong sides and you're gonna have balls into the box at last then he has to play the the furthest forward right hand side role it just has to so my other questions then is what does it mean for Traore? right and i'm pretty sure we have a question like that in um twitter corner and also you, you mentioned about his transfer fee Stu. what was it three million S- mm. something like yeah. that yeah it's deals like that that offset the Huang transfer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, still to make it right, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't, because I don't think Fosun can really go, yeah, it doesn't really matter if we, um, you know, we, we potentially wasted, was it 12 or 15 on Huang? But you know what? We've got them two for 15. A bit like with Neto, but, um, Jordan. you know, Jordan's done yeah. fuck up. But, you know, we, we kind of offset it with, um, you know, with, with Neto. So, yeah. The only thing I'll say is just be a little, I mean, he was brilliant and he was brilliant and he was Let great against Chelsea. But yeah, I'm just, yeah. Let's not do the classic English thing and just say that he's you know he's going to score twenty goals next season and you know be fighting off Man City in twelve months. Just you know, let him have his time. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the his development because he's done everything that he needs to in the time he's had, which for players like just jumped it, you know, just being kind of dropped in it. It's all you can ask for, isn't it? And, you know, if that's the one thing we can really take from yesterday, um, you know, I, I'm more than happy with it. And he's probably nailed on to start on Sunday as well now. Yeah, I think there's a lot more other things to take from yesterday that have become blatantly apparent if they weren't already. But that's all in a very negative way. <laughs> yeah. Do you, want, do you want to go there now? I mean, we're... Well, we're... But... <laughs> Do you want to go there, Stu? No, it's the, <laughs> no, no, no. People expect it of me now, though. So, yeah, Bolly's done for at this level. And we we all thought he was anyway, and then he somehow came back miraculously, almost similar to how he was before when he replaced Kilman that once. And it's kind of ever since Kilman got injured, he's just gone back to his bad ways again. So because he, he's got no competition, he knows he's not he's undroppable in a way, and it's just. He just looked lazy, he looked slow, he looked completely off. I mean, there was a lot. I mean, Neves isn't fit. Can't blame him for yesterday. No. Matinho ran his arse off again at his age. I mean, the, some of them should be absolutely embarrassed with themselves and the amount of the amount of ground that Matinho covered. I mean, yeah, he, he gave the ball away quite a lot, but again, look what he's working with. And I think the fact that we still have Dendonka in our in the year 2022... And that midfield was a joke. I know we're playing the best team in one of the best teams in the world, but that midfield is a complete joke against high quality opposition. We've got no legs in there. There's no there's no kind of we we've been saying it since he left. We've never we've never upgraded or replaced Alfred and Dye. It's just ridiculous. We haven't got someone like that in the middle. When we maybe we had it a bit with Owen Ottawa, but he's it was again part of the he bad club, and he had to go. He played five times for us. It's not really, yeah. uh, but it, yeah. you know what I mean. Someone, some of that stature, and someone of that kind of presence. We haven't had that since the championship. We haven't had it in the Premier League at all. Mm. We've been crying out for someone like that for ages, and I think you. I mean, hopefully, I mean, we'll come on to it later. But if we started with 
Cody and Totti Gomez against Norwich. Bring it on, back four, all day long. Fuck the rest of them off. Don't care anymore. Had enough. So that clean sweep, get some proper defenders in. None of this pissing about with midfielders in defence like we've, we've said for years. Sakes has obviously played his last game already. He wasn't even on the bench, was he, yesterday? So I think, yeah. I mean, boys to men said it best, didn't they? They've come to the end of the road, half these players. So clean sweep needed. And there's no moaning about, oh, yeah, we have to play within our means. We've said this over and over again that £20 million, we're not going to find gems like Chiquinho for central defence for £20 million, are we? Then something needs to change, and that does not include telling our best player. Well, we haven't bought a centre half for three years. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, just well, yeah. mad. But I'm a big believer in cycles in football, massively in cycles. This team's at the end of its cycle now, big time, and it, things need to change. We've, but, yeah, I think we each every ounce out of them as well. Yeah, it's fine, and that they can leave with my blessing, almost all of them, to be fair. Um, but yeah, things need to change now. Yeah, I think it, it became a it's been apparent for a while. We've talked about it on the show enough, particularly about the midfield and defence. It's just it, it hasn't had that natural progression or turnover of um, of players, has it? Uh, second half, I mean, uh, at three one at half time, I was confident's the wrong word, but I still fancied just to get a goal and like make it a bit awkward. And then you know, De Bruyne showed up again. Um, I think one thing that I think disappointed quite a few fans was the sub second half and the input slash lack of. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like take two, isn't it? Or take twenty five with subs this season. Yeah, I, I don't know what on earth he was thinking of with that. What you've taken off a focal point? I, I, I don't know. I'm probably in the minority. I don't think we were terrible until the subs. I thought yeah. we were brave. We tried to play at the back. We looked a bit more threatening going forward. We had the couple of penalty appeals. We had the, I know it was, he was slightly offside with that Cody header from Edison. And there, and there was, you know, I had to watch it at home as well because I'm, I'm home with COVID at the moment. But um, Pep was getting a little bit antsy on the side yeah. before that fourth goal went in. And his celebration of the fourth goal said it all. But then the subs happened and it was just a joke. You've not, you, you take your focal point off and if Leeds has taught us anything, we can't do anything without a focal point up there. You're putting on Huang, who is just absolute shit. Um, tr- I mean, what's it saying to Fabio? That you've got a player who's shite, and then you've got a player who's probably not going to be here coming on ahead of him. It's just, yeah. I, I, I didn't get it. And and Pep saw it as well, because he took off one of his centre-halves and put on Maris, didn't he? Mm. Or he took, didn't he take off Rodri and put on Maris later yeah, on? Because he, he knew we had absolutely nothing going forward anymore, so let's get some more goals, get the goal difference up. Yeah, he, he was, didn't need that extra protection. It was almost it was almost as if they just accepted defeat and they said, "Well, okay, we'll save Raul and Neto for Norwich on Sunday." That's what that's what it seemed to me because there's no way on earth that a front two of of Trincao, however good he he's been in three games this season, um, and against Chelsea, that he's going to be able to do anything with that bag of shit next to him. And yesterday, there's I mean I was trying to think is. The last time we've had someone as bad as him, <laughs> for for thinking thinking of players who we know full well he's not going to get, he's still going to feature all the time until this manager leaves, because that's what I remember thinking that after about two games and the Colin Lee, you're thinking 
we've got to suffer Robert Taylor until Colin Lee leaves this club. And I think that's going to be the same with Wang until Bruno Lars goes, or I mean, that could be sooner rather than later if you read Twitter today. Um, Deutsch in. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know what I mean? He, cause he, I, I don't know who, how he's here, other than the fact that where he comes from and we might sell a few shirts. He's got no skill. I... I'm a 38-year-old fat man, and I have got better first touch and second touch than he has. And I mean, a couple of times yesterday when he just lost the ball completely, you think, what do you do all week? <laughs> there was one that summed it up for me. He rolled his man. Quite nice, actually. No mm. touch. Rolled his man. His first touch when he's literally no one around him, and he's, and he's not through on goal, <laughs> yeah. but he's got a clean run at goal. Goes 90 degrees off with his stupid clown feet straight over to, you know, a city defender. I mean, that... If you can't have a first touch when there's literally no one around you, what hope have you got? It's, it was embarrassing. It, it was so bad. I, I do, yeah, I, I struggle with it because, you know, you look at his goal record and it, it and this is not meant to sound too harsh, but it is. You know, he, he, he didn't score for Leipzig in the league. Like he played twenty games over two seasons for them, well, over, well, season a bit, I think it was. Sorry, and didn't didn't get any goals in the league. And it's like we bought him in to be our firepower, and now I, I, I do rate Bruno as a coach. Um, and I think that's kind of fairly obvious that he's probably a decent tactician, but his goal record is not one where you look on paper and go, "Oh yeah." You know, what's he got? Five league goals for us, I want to say, which are pretty much all front loaded. I think uh, he's actually, know. I think he's actually okay in the box. I think in the box, he sort of comes alive a little bit. I mean, he had that one sort of flash shot. Um, but outside the box, he's yeah. he's just absolutely dire. We don't exactly play a system that well get gets him into those positions at the moment. So, like, having him come on to like you say, like, hold up the ball, link up play. It's just a, it's a disaster waiting to happen again. It's like, like especially against a team like Man City, where you need to protect the football. That is the the, the fundamental thing. That like if they have the ball, they will they'll punish you. You want to make sure you keep it away from them. If you, you know, or at least give yourself half a chance. And yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what happens with Wang in the summer. Whether they do kind of pull in a phobie. And he goes off somewhere, that's, or what? That, that's what I would do. I, I tell you, I, know, I think there may be more to the Adama deal that meets the eye. But if Sellers is the main culprit for the Adama deal, and he was the protagonist for the Huang deal, he needs his P forty five ASAP because he doesn't deserve the summer because because that, that's incompetent to get Huang Huang in when there was literally no reason to. He could have had months these these few months and then made the call at the end of the summer. Yeah, I, I, I am summer. really surprised because he didn't even do enough by. January to really like I think at the time in January when we signed him permanently we were all a bit like okay I mean he's been alright but he's also been injured for two months yeah um, um, Brian on the old YouTube comments has said of Raul none of them have a goal scoring record at this level even Raul's wasn't that great before he came to Wolves if I remember correctly and hey don't get me wrong players improve and stuff like that but we do need yeah, we we need to find a way of um, getting more goals because, frankly, the fact that Kevin De Bruyne is the 
joint highest goal score at Molyneux this season after last <laughs> night <laughs> kind of speaks volumes. Um, guys, uh, do, do you have any kind of more thoughts about yesterday's game? You know, we, we've talked... We, we've talked to Kino, we've we've talked about defending, we've talked about, you know, the, the difficulties, frankly, of playing against Matty and that we didn't always get it right, but we showed glimpses. Have you got any further thoughts on the game? I think City would have beaten anyone last night. There's no shame to yeah. lose into City last night. They would have beat anyone. And, I, and and again, I'll say it again, We I don't think we were that bad until the fourth goal went in and the subs came on and then we were terrible and then it was embarrassing and I'll admit that there's no shame to losing it. We we just got to, you know, just take this one on the chin, I suppose, and try and learn, learn from it. And we have learned stuff from it, like Stu says. Certain players aren't good enough, certain players need to leave. Yeah. yeah. I think... Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I was, I was going to say on that, um, there was, I think... That De Bruyne performance is probably the best performance live I've ever seen in my entire life, ever. He was, I mean, I, I'd always said Thierry Henry against us was probably the best player I'd seen. Um, but that last night, regardless of Neves not being able to handle him, I don't think any, like Tom said, with that team, I don't think anyone could have handled him at all. It was just, it was almost like he was possessed. He was, I mean, he was possessed by the ghost of Steve Sedgley. That's all, that's all I can think of. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was everywhere. And I think more than anything else that surprised me as well, like, well you don't kind of see this on telly as much, but just how hard and true he just hits the ball at all times. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like every, it's like you look at some of our, our shots are like so powder puff. And the one that he's just whacked for, <laughs> into the bottom corner from what, 20 yards out. And you think, yeah. With hardly any backlift at all, yeah, this is this is the level that you got to get to, where we're obviously three or four below that naturally with a net spend and whatever. Um, I thought Saw was pretty bad last night as well. Yeah, I he, think the first, I, I thought the first goal he could have done better with actually. Mm. Yeah, watching watching match of the day, I, mean, I, I didn't think anything of it at first, but I thought oh, it's just one of them. It's hard to get to, but first one's gone through him where it. He's, I think when he's come to spread himself and he's touched his hand, he was being a bit hesitant to not give yet another penalty away. Um, and I think his kicking was bad as well. Mm. Well, he, yeah. well. You think, well, it's I don't know, for everyone to have an off night, which kind of doesn't. But then again, when you've got Bolly in front of you playing as bad as he did and you've got Johnny playing in a position I don't think he's ever played in his life, what do you expect, really? I think it was... But all that said and done, I even said that you can kind of be prepared. I mean, I, I stayed until the end. I, I applauded him off. I thought he was half-time and full-time because the effort was there. They just weren't good enough. <laughs> and there's there's no shame. I said at half-time especially, half-time, there was no shame in approaching the game the way we did. It was admirable mm. to have a go because we needed that that. The dream of Europe was still flickering away, even though the, the wick was at the bottom, the candle. It was still there. We still we had to try something, and we tried it, and we just got outdone by a much better team with a player having put on a world-class performance, and there's no shame in that. What happened after, there's a shame about, and we've talked about that already, but, yeah, I think more than anything else, we, we, saw, some, we saw something special last night in De Bruyne, 
And we also saw the end of half of that team's Wolves career. Yeah. And I think even some who weren't even playing as well, which is, mm. you know, I think it's going to be interesting come Sunday um, because it might be the last chance for a few of them to have their last time at Molyneux, Um, which is a really nice point and a really good segue to come to our break because afterwards we're going to be talking about the Norwich game, everyone. Um, please stay with us. We're going to take a short break, have a word from our sponsors and catch you after this. Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some question and opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyetimedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really false wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk. Hello, welcome back everybody. Um, before we talk about Norwich, quick look at the league table. Stu, you said it at the start, European football's dead in the water basically, isn't it? Um, we're five points off West Ham, two games to go with one of them being against Liverpool. More to the point, are you a bit anxious we're not going to finish eighth? We might not finish in the top half at this rate. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't it would surprise me when you Leicester with the game in hand. Yeah, I mean, we could end up. I mean, I, it would be just it would be ridiculous if if Palace people as well. Um, but again, I said at the start of the season, sixteenth of do me. If there was a bit of progress made, and it was more entertaining, um, I would have taken that. So. We are where we deserve to be. We're not good enough for Europe. I've said that this for quite some quite some months, and everyone always attacks me for being the negative one and whatever. And what did I say when we when we said about was it before the Newcastle game and we we did our predictions for the rest of the season? And I said we'd probably get about five points between then and now, and we've got one. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, the most we're going to end up with is four if we're lucky. If we manage to score against Norwich. That's piss poor. We don't deserve anything else other than where we are. And if if we end up being tenth, then fine. It's the the league table doesn't lie, and it never does lie. Conspiracy theories, me and Luke, whatever aside, we haven't been good enough for a European position. The fact that Man United have have managed to get into any kind of European position, how bad they are, is a miracle, really. And again, Will Martin on the comments, hey, we still eight. I've got absolutely no idea. It is that that bit of a buffer has saved saved their arse and maybe saved his job. Yeah, it's um, two point two million per position as well. Yeah, there's all the kicking off. Well, it's, no, it's not kicking off. That's a complete lie. But um, people talking about how it'll get an extra million when the season ticket increases. It's two point two mil, I think, per position. So you know, your best part of five million if you lose two positions. So folks will want that. Yeah, I think that they'll always want to finish as high as possible, won't they? And, you know, say, how are we in this position? Because for a good chunk of this season, up until March it was, we we were in a really strong position, but for, you know, quite a few reasons that we've stated, that we've never had a big squad. We've never had a squad filled with quality and depth. And we've struggled with injuries to the back half of the season in particular in terms of fresh injuries, more 
more than like, you know, don't get me wrong, we missed Neto first half of the season. Who wouldn't? But we had a plan without him. We didn't quite know how to plan around not having Jimenez or having Samedo, who I think has been really key for us this season. And then, you know, rushing both of them back at certain points. Like, Neves isn't fit at the moment, but he's not giving Kundal that much of a chance um, for, for one reason or another. And let's say we've, we, we've absolutely tanked it second half of the season, or last third even, which is really disappointing because we'd had an opportunity to get 60 points this year. And we'll get... I was going to say nowhere near. We'll be off by at least seven. Probably, probably knowing us, um, we'll probably be <laughs> off by ten. Um, because on Sunday we will be playing Norwich. I hadn't quite put in my head that all the game, all, all the games were happening on Sunday slash Monday. Um, in terms of balls v Norwich in the Premier League, we've actually got a really decent record against them. Of course, Norwich are relegated. Um, and of course, with their truly crap season, uh, they are having. I was gonna say, no offense to any Norwich fans listening, I don't frankly care. Um, of course, we drew against them earlier in the season because why wouldn't we? We're Wolves. Um, how are you guys feeling in terms of Sunday's game? Are you, are, are you kind of still feeling that bit of positivity from a bit of bravery yesterday, or are you kind of a bit like me and just a bit? Uh, they need to do something to, you know, really entertain me and put a put a nice end to the season. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the fancast me to put our four more than the game because I know the game's going to be shit because it just is. It's yeah, we have we, we haven't scored against Norwich for three hours of football. What does, what does that say? And it's I mean, I, I trekked up there after that in the, that Snowmageddon game. Um, after being soaked through and the couch being abandoned and whatever, to not have a drink and see us draw nil-nil against the worst team in the league, which again was entirely predictable even at the time. And we, we've all we, we always have to have one, don't we? Every year we always have to have a shit club who we can't beat, the beat Huddersfield. <laughs> and I mean, most of them are in in dark and white stripes, annoying enough. Um. Huddersfield, and then it was them lot last year. It's just it, this year it's been Norwich, and it, it would not surprise me in the least if they win. Oh, no. I hope we go there 43-1-4-4-2 and absolutely annihilate them because they are, they're awful. They're an embarrassment to be in the league again. I want to bring up off the form, um, the form of both teams, <coughs> and, and you know. In the last five games, Norwich on a five-match losing streak. We've got one point out of the last five. I mean, this is either going to be an absolute goal fest because neither team can really defend, or it's going to be the drabbest game in the world because neither <laughs> team's that good at scoring. Tom, which which way do you sort of see it going? Uh, let's go positive. Let's go goal fest. Yes, that's the spirit. I mean... <laughs> You say that. I'm going to bring you along to the graphic on my right now, which when I was doing my pre-match research for this, which occasionally does happen, listeners. Um, I do sometimes put a level of effort. This was at 29 for a 9 o'clock recording when I made it, but I hadn't quite 
you know, I, I've pulled up the goals and assists of the top three players. And the fact that uh, uh, Timo Pukki's got more goals this season than any Wolves player, they are bottom of the league, we're 10th. And you know what? Hey, if you have one player who's going to score your goals, fair enough. I can just about get on board with that. But the fact that assist-wise, you know, joint joint top is Podence, Raul, and Pukki again. It, it it just amplifies what we were saying earlier about having zero. I was going to say creative output. I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it. We don't we don't consistently have people who are productive up top. No. And you looked at the start of the season when we were all raving about our, our attacking options, thinking we're gonna we're gonna blitz everyone. It's been the complete opposite. They're all awful, all of them. And it, you can't look at that look at that graphic and in that we said it at the weekend but Shikinio they there equaling <laughs> with three yeah. assists all season in sixty eight minutes of football. Just it's just shit. They're all they're all shit, all of them. And the one who is hasn't had a chance, who looks like he could do something, is Fabio. But he never gets a chance to play. It's just baffling. Yeah. Neto looks a bit better last night. He looks yeah, all right at Chelsea, he, didn't he? I think he's, he's promising that. Back, isn't he? Yeah, yeah that, that that fills me with a bit of hope for next season. Yeah, Neto's exempt because we he's he's come back, he's now it's gonna take a long time to get back from a broken kneecap. Um and to even see him this season is amazing in itself. It's more it's more like an extended pre-season, really, for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pedence, Trincao, Huang, Traore, all terrible. And the stats are there. <laughs> However much of an influence Pedence is, he doesn't actually do anything. He's, he's more of a distraction for other people to score rather than anything else. But assists-wise, no. Just chance creation, I think. I think it's the way we yeah. just thought it's the way we play. It just doesn't fashion chances, does it? Or consistent no. chances. Um, but maybe maybe we'll go for it at the back. And we look, we did look better. We lost five one. We got smacked, but we did look better <laughs> going forward. We looked yeah. better going forward than we did in against Brighton, Burnley, and uh, Newcastle last night. Yeah, I think it was interesting with particularly Chiquinho that. You, you can draw similarities. I know it is a um, Twitter corner question about the similarities between, um, let's see if I can find it. First time lucky, yes. Andy Smith says uh, about sort of discussing Chiquinho versus Traore. And there was a little bit of that, a similarity in terms of the directness. And yeah. Like, don't don't get me wrong. We can level certain things at Traore, but he did drag us at the pitch, and Chiquinho did that and does that. But I know what Stu's going to say. He's got three assists in sixty-eight minutes, which is yeah. a lot more assists than Traore's got in a lot more minutes. He puts yeah. a proper cross in Chiquinho, like he whips it. Adamas was always yeah. float, floated, weren't they? It was just like let's just kick it in the general direction of the box, and you know, that's my job done. Whereas Chiquinho's, there's a bit of purpose behind it. It looks like. Um, which I quite like, and sometimes he'll get it wrong, but um, I'd rather have it that way around. Yeah, and for someone way younger, <laughs> much cheaper, he's got. There's no. I mean, you can't. You could play them together if you really wanted to. It was the whole thing about playing some maximum and Troyoro together in that kind of weird pace dream team that people used to talk about when Troyoro was good a couple of years ago. Um, 
for that six months. But <laughs> I, I just don't want to see him ever again anyway, so let alone play them together. It won't, be, it, it won't be Wolves. It won't be Wolves next season. No, I mean, I can't, I can't see any way that happens. Again, he, he's another player I think they're going to have to, you know, ho- hopefully it's abroad because I don't want him playing against us. But with you cross... I'd love him to play against us because then nothing will happen, would he? No, but Stu, you say that. You've watched Wolves enough times <laughs> to know exactly what will happen if he plays against Wolves. I'm, I'm more than confident that he would never score against us. You can do anything you want. I'm more than confident he will never create an assist or, or score against us. He just won't. 48 minutes. There you go. 48 minutes. Just so can make it over time. I was going to say, Ari crosses. Um, this is always something I find really interesting. I'm absolutely pedantic for it in terms of what we class as a good cross and a bad cross. Because, like, you can hit the first man and it's a bad cross, or you can whip it right across the box. No one gets on the end of it. It's classed as a good cross. But what I'll say of Chiquinho's crosses, I think it's what you're alluding to, Tom, is that. He puts him in dangerous places where it feels like there's multiple opportunities where people could score from. Mm. So, like, he gets he gets the right trajectory for yeah, it could Raul should be getting on it, but also Neto or whoever's on the left should be getting on it as well. Whereas with Traore, it's just like I'm just going to chip it up and hope for the best. And you know, no one there might be one person who has a chance for it. And it's such an underrated skill, isn't it, to see someone who can actually knock in a ball that a team's got multiple options on. I did think I, I, I'm really interested to sort of see if you can keep that up next season and not just kind of go down the trail ray route of, oh, I'm just going to try and beat the man and then cross it. Just, just do what you're fucking good at, mate. You know, <sighs> it's really, really hoping he pushes on. Um, in terms of other games happening this weekend, I know we do it on the preview show. A um, couple of other interesting games. I mean, as of the moment, I was going to say we're recording over the Spurs-Arsenal game, which I'm stalling now just so I can give you an up-to-date score. 3-0, it's finished. It's finished 3-0. Oh, so that's a, that's a nice one, isn't it? Um, we were saying before... Um, don't really mind. Didn't really mind who won or lost out of Arsenal and Spurs. I was just happy to see whoever was going to be miserable. Um, but yeah, any games you're looking forward to this weekend apart from the cup final? Well, we won't really see any, will we? I mean, uh, no, they're all on two. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, Everton, Brentford are four. Um, I can see Everton winning that though, and kind of Everton safe. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds are falling like a stone. Yeah. Yeah, they've got no players either. <laughs> no, I was going to say they're also they're all suspended, though. <laughs> You're going to have That's no. Times when you read Gandhi quotes. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's gone. He's, he really has turned into Ted Lasso. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh, no. he, he made a whole song and dance about not being Ted Lasso, and now he's, he might as well just come up with something. Just walk into the dressing room with a bit of believe and tape it to the wall. It's oh, such a shame for him, yeah. not Leeds. I mean, Leeds going down is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, we would yeah. There's merit, there's merits for all of them in terms of Burnley, Everton, Leeds. But you know, I was gonna say in terms of other Wolves-related news, and I've not prepared a graphic for it. But Rob Edwards um, is going to be the new Watford manager to the irksome 
of Forest Green Rovers who were a bit upset with their head coach doing the dirty on them. Yeah, it didn't uh, seem like a shit house, did he? It's just no. absolutely just seemed like such a like cool, like normal dude, and he's an absolute shit house. <laughs> I tell you, that they were fuming in that. that is just like like you, I think you put that on the group, Stu. It's absolute <laughs> so salty. The, uh, the you know the press release by Forest Green, so passive aggressive. Yeah, it was not good. I mean, it's good. I'd say a good opportunity if it was anyone but Watford. I mean, a championship move. Fair play to him. I looked at his managerial career because it's his first proper. Job really, yeah. he did a good job with the R under twenty threes. Then he went to Telford, and um, yeah, that, then he went. To, then he went there. So, but yeah, he's done a decent job. But I mean, he's what he's. He'll get a three year payoff in about six months, won't he? Yeah, I mean, I was. Disapp- I mean, I'm disappointed to see any manager go to Watford. To be honest, because I don't kind of see the point. If you're a young up and coming manager like Rob Edwards is supposed to be, the only reason you, I, I was going to say, the only reason you go is for the money. But it's not. It's a because you've got the ego. Because he, every every kind of good manager or ambitious manager will go. I'm going to be the manager who stops Watford from doing what they do, which is get rid of a manager every six to twelve months. But it looks better on his CV as well because Forest Green have just got promoted from League Two. So ideally, like job in League One now, all of a sudden. That that Watford job will elevate him to having a higher, you know, higher amount of options going forward. So if he does a half decent job with Watford, let's say they finish in the playoffs next season, which is most likely where they'll finish. And you know, if they finish, they lose in the semi final. Watford inevitably get rid of him at the end of the season. That will give him enough credit for. Another championship round as opposed to a League One, League Two merry-go-round, I guess. I think if they're in the playoffs come Christmas, he'll be sacked anyway. <laughs> uh, I think I think he, they need to be in the top two for him to keep his job. Just like, is it who was the last one? Is it, was it Isco? Is he the last one? The the one who got promoted? Do they all blend into one? Do they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I, was trying I, to think I, I think it, I think it might be track. Because the, 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 whoever the one who got promoted was, I'm sure he was there for the whole season. I'm sure yeah. he's the only one. Or it was that like, it was that Isco, and then it was um, New uh, no, 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 it was Isco, and then it, and then it was Ranieri, wasn't it? Yeah, and then and yeah. then it was and then it was Hodgson. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that, that Hodgson's done now, and he's going to be retiring. I think. Yeah, we joining joining Warnock. I was going to say, I think if we've learnt nothing this season, we've learnt quite a lot. Um, Roy Hodgson sort of just. Retired at the end of last season. But, yeah. but again, that Watford job was not right for him. Just just retire with your boyhood club at Crystal Palace. Be a good lad. No, but yeah, just see. My, my sort of thing is that you're only desperate. Not, not desperate going. But like clubs will keep acting like that if you keep giving them the opportunity to. I think when it comes to like that Watford situation in terms of not having that consistent stability and it's going to cripple that club at some point because they'll just have no connection. Um, I mean, all, but, they're, they're still paying people off as well. I don't know how yeah, they're getting yeah. away with it. Yeah. The, the sure. one year when they don't go back up, they're, they're going to be completely fucked because there's no way. I mean, they're still paying off managers from 
you'd think three years ago if you yeah. if they have to pay the, the length of the contract up so you can't they can't keep doing this every year and getting away with it like well they have so far but like you said rich one day it's going to come back and buy them and if they don't go up next year that could be the time where they could go they could sink back to, back to where they came from like lower championship again yeah I mean, how are they well, giving at, out? How are they giving out contracts that are longer than a year anyway? Because no, everyone knows it's not going to last longer than a year. So yeah. the manager must know that, and the board must know that. So they should be just giving out like a, at least a rolling contract at the very least. Yeah, they say that the whole situation, the whole setup from a business practice, just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, no. I'm going to probably end up spending half my evening seeing kind of like articles of the. Uh, is it Pozo family? Pozo. Yeah. So family, you know, actually get get them to discuss why they do it like that because I I can't get my head around it. But let's finish on some Twitter corner questions because I appreciate some of them we've half covered. I'm going to do my question first, which isn't technically in the Twitter corner question because I didn't want to tweet myself. My one to you guys: What's your favourite stove hob? Favourite what? Stove hob. So oh. on your cooker, bottom left. left. Yeah, yeah. So you got bottom left, front left, top right, bottom right. We top, top left, top left, top left for me. Yeah. Do what? I think I one that doesn't work. So yeah. I yeah. I don't think I've ever used the top top right ever. My top right, it, it get it's like got so little flames, like it basically doesn't work. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bottom but, bottom left for me. Maybe maybe yeah. a Twitter poll tomorrow. I think we're going to have to. I think I, I I tend to go bottom left, then top left in terms of my priority, and then bottom right for just doing like baked beans, you know, small. Something That's what microwaves are for. We've talked about this before. There's no point putting baked beans in a in a saucepan anymore. Not in not in this day and age. There is. You know what, Stu? I sometimes do. I sometimes put in the microwave, but I sometimes is do it, them on the. Is this like, I don't know what this it is. like? This is like sitting down for a piss to treat yourself. There's no need for it. I bet, Stu, I bet you microwave your bacon as well. I don't like bacon. We've, we've talked about oh, this before. I forgot that. I forgot. I love how you can just destroy an argument with that. <laughs> Instead of something quite... I, I, a friend of mine used to microwave his bacon when we were at university and be like, what are you doing? That's like, because well, you can. And you can do it within like two and a half minutes. Um, But yeah, I still... I don't know don't always put my beans in the microwave, but if I've got something else on the go, then it means you can mix it and you can't spread the heat a lot easier because what if you're having to like literally not stir it for a minute and a half each time, it's going to stick to your bowl, Stu. You don't have to get the oven gloves out either. If you do yeah. beans properly in the, mi- in the microwave, you have to get your oven gloves out. You don't have the saucepan. You've got a yeah. tasty little handle there for you. Mm. And when you're hardcore, like, look at their hands, burnt to a crisp. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> guarantee she's got no nerve endings on the end of her hands at this point. I would say, uh, Will on the um YouTube comments has just said, Arga. Um, we all know I'm a Russell Hobbs man, um, for obvious reasons, guys. Right, actual Twitter corner questions, not just to appease uh, me then. Uh, so Funnily enough, um, from the Cage Fighting Podcast at Cage Fighting Pod, go check them out. Um, they asked after recently discussing the brilliance of Pulp's different class, what's the best album from the 90s? Now, 
I'm going to say this now. I was born in 1992, so my music knowledge of the 90s isn't amazing. So I'm just going to pass this one over to you two gentlemen for no reason. Uh, definitely maybe for me. I had a feeling this would go Oasis. Yeah, I, I'm 86, so definitely maybe. Yeah, It was one of the first albums I bought. I've had about eight or nine or something like that from what I remember. So yeah, it's just when I was first getting into music, so that's the one for me. What's the story, Morning Glory? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to yeah. say I knew, I knew what studio was going to be from about the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either or, depending on the mood. But yeah, for, for me, the anti-second album syndrome of that album is amazing. But yeah, I think I can't. I mean, we talked about this on on the show anyway. But I think Andy said um, definitely, maybe as well. Yeah, it was his. But yeah, it's a solid it's, choice. It's, it, it could have quite easily have been Venga Boys, obviously, but maybe a bit later. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, next up. Um, so I found this one quite an interesting one. I did reply to it. Um, given Foson's nature of hiring and firing managers, if Large End Wolves lose to Norwich on Sunday, do you feel that's the end of his reign? I've had a, There's been a lot of social media stuff after that Man City defeat. Um, regarding large future, whether it's you know speculative rumours or or whatever, but my my I guess twofold questions is: Do you guys see Fosens being hiring and firing of managers? Because I don't personally. Um, and do you see Bruno being here next season and all in all seriousness. Well, they're not hiring and firing necessarily. It was just the first year was just seat your pants stuff, wasn't it? They just they yeah. Just... Rabbit in headlights, almost. Everything was happening so fast, and they they, they they couldn't react. They didn't get the guy they wanted in Lapetegui, and then after that, it sort of, you know, you know, all sort of spiraled really. But um, I I think he'll probably will be here. Yeah, I mean, how much blame are we attributing to him? Really, didn't I, I'm, it must have been on 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 this. There must have been so many people saying, "Well, look, after the window, surely no, well, say no blame, but a very little blame can be put his way." based on the tools that he's got. The two-thirds of the season has been really good, by and large. This section of the season we're in now has been has been dire, but is that players burning out, lack of options? You've had Pedence missing, Neves missing, Semedo missing. Um, we were we were performing above our means prior to that, and he's got no options to change. His subs need work big time. His in-game management needs big time work. Um but I think he probably does deserve a, a summer if he's back. So if he's back, if he's not back, what's the point? You may as well just get shot and get someone else because it won't change. But um, I think I probably would give him the give him the start next season at least. So. I mean, you, you have you have got to look at how inexperienced he actually is as well as a manager. He might be older than you'd expect for a, a relative newbie, but he hasn't had first team managerial experience. That much, really. He had the Benfica thing, and the only troubling thing for me, I mean, you look at his—he had two wins in thirteen games uh, towards the end of his reign at mm. Benfica, and he couldn't turn it round. And obviously, that was again because of saying Joao Felix from under him. But that wasn't then. It was that was something that happened, and then it spiraled, and he couldn't fix it. That's the only worry for me. I mean, I've said all season long that. I mean, 
I can't see anyone else would have come in under the circumstances of what they did this season. I mean, we said it in August, we said it in January, it was ridiculous. People knew we needed bodies, and not just bodies, we needed actual quality players. And this whole sustainable model is just bollocks. It's not never going to work. The only, way it's got, the only thing it's ever going to do is relegate us in the end because you can't compete in the Premier League like that. You just can't, unless you're selling your best players all the time and be Southampton. You can't blame the manager for that when he's got... When he's working with players who are so set in a, a way of playing and they're not good enough to do anything else, which is why the whole first three games excitement was abandoned because we were losing. <laughs> you and know, in pre, in pre, you could tell in pre-season, he clearly, clearly wanted to go to four at the back and it took yeah. him all of three pre-season games to realise the defenders are not good enough individually to play four at the back. And yeah. do we really think, you know, the, the role that Dendonka's playing, he was still in that sort of right-sided, you know, sort of hybrid role yesterday. Do we really think he wants to play Dendonka there? He's just got no choice, absolutely no other choice mm. to do it. That's not his fault. He's just what the tools he's been given. And like I say, there are certain parts of his, you know, his management that needs work, without a doubt. But there's a lot that he can't have any control over of. So, you know, I think he deserves a bit more time. Yeah, 1,000% agree. Um, I think with the World Cup coming up this year as well. I think there's a really good point in that for me where actually if they're going to get rid of a manager, they could potentially do it at that point and it's a good point in the season maybe. So definitely that's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't yeah. thought of that. Yeah. Um, right. Next up. Um, okay. If either player were guaranteed to play for Wolves for the next three seasons, uh, would you trade Nevers for Kevin De Bruyne? Probably. I, know, I know Nate said this before, but then he's only been playing. He's playing. He's only been watching um, football really for the last five or so years, and he said that he doesn't really. He kind of when people rave about midfielders and stuff, he doesn't kind of understand that part of the game as much yet. And I said, well, that that kind of comes with experience. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take this for what it is, because Kevin De Bruyne is one of the best players in the entire world. I'd tell I'd get rid of everyone and let him play on his own. For the next three years, <laughs> let, alone, let alone trade Neves. Yeah. I mean, Neves was, well, an unfit Neves was kind of shown up yesterday while he's probably still going to be here next year. Yeah. My, my only thing about that is, yeah, I, would, would I have Kevin De Bruyne over him, Neves? Yeah, probably. Would I feel a bit bad for Kevin De Bruyne having to, you know, having him like ping a pass? Out of Wang, only to, bat, <laughs> only to kind of see it bounce to the right back, or you know, him thread and pinpoint through ball to Jimenez, only like for Jimenez to barrel roll into a goalkeeper. I, I would feel a bit sorry for him, but yeah, he'd probably just do it all himself anyway, wouldn't he? Right. Um, next up, um, from Dean Marston, regular contributor, um. He's asked about what team we want to see Sunday. We've kind of already covered that anyway, but he's done a two-folder for us. Um, and he sort of said, who do you think will leave this summer? So if you disregard all the expiring contract players just for now, um, do you have an outside bet of a player who you think's going to leave? And this is think and not want, um, which we all know. <laughs> If it was the other way around, who would say? Um, 
Don't know South that many players. Would have think about it. <laughs> you might see. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if Raúl left. Mm. Um, just for a fresh start for everyone. Like I said a few weeks ago. Although to be fair, he, I thought he, he played better than he has for a long time. Yeah, I agree. Um, yesterday, mm. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's maybe that was kind of the, the thinking of taking him off. I mean, he should have bought Fabio on. That's by the by, but um, Raúl maybe. Uh, again, because they're so a lot of them are so awful, you can't see who, who would want them. And it, like, uh, I know Gully keep raving on Den Dunker, Belgium International. So, so it just you can go and buy Belgian chocolates, it doesn't make you a Belgian national, it doesn't qualify you to be a citizen, does it? It's just because they need bodies in midfield. I don't get it. I don't know who would want him. Who, who, where's he? He's got to go. More than likely, he's still going to be here because for that reason. And we gave him a new contract stupidly. Um, I, th- I think I'd probably I th- say yeah. I'd probably say either Raúl or Samado. Maybe Samado. Maybe. I hope not. Wing backs the only area I'm bloody confident in. Uh, off yeah. the keeper. Um, yeah, I, I think that they'll be, they'll be a taker for Den Donker if you want to get rid. But saying that, if Matinho goes, the Donker, you're, you're looking to get rid of the Donker and Nevers is a toss of a coin, then you've got to buy what four midfielders, which yeah. maybe 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 we, maybe we need it. But I mean, that's a bit mad, isn't it? And I'm not I'm not adverse to Donker, and I think he's another one that needs a, a refresh. I think Bolly says Donk. Um, you could you could make the argument for Raul. Quang, I, I want to see the back of obviously. Um, yeah, and then you you got it, and then then get some quality in. I don't mean some like you know nineteen year old kid. It's got to be quality got coming in. Then some of the rise, it's it's pointless. Yeah, um, I was gonna say it's interesting because we've rattled off most of the first team there. Um, you know, even if you include Nevis to a degree, because there's always going to people reportedly looking at maybe inquiring about the potential of signing him. The only player we haven't have mentioned, and you mentioned Samedo as well as an outside bet. Only player we've not actually mentioned, I think, it's on like Cody, who has been kind of linked a couple of times. Do you think there's any anything in terms of him going? I think he, he maybe he'd want to try playing a back four first. Mm. Maybe mm. that's that's the only thing I could think of. I mean, the fact that he's all he's settled here and. Obviously, his family don't live here, so it's not nothing to do with that. But I think this, maybe not this summer, maybe next summer. I think once Sace has gone, once like the old guard really leaves as well, that core of the the old dressing room starts to dwindle away. Maybe then you kind of see, okay, well, all my friends have gone now, um, that kind of thing. But I can't see, I can't see it this summer just because it's there's no. already. By the sense of it, it's already going to be too much upheaval as it yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can name five positions I'd improve on over Cody, to be honest. And, and if you if you lose in say potentially Neves, potentially Matinho, you can't, I don't think you can afford to lose Cody and potentially Rudy. You can't afford gonna, to lose him. No, it's going to be a big leadership void in this team. Um, just off the back of you know Sace, Rudy, and Matinho. That that's a big locker room presence as is. Um, you know. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be an inter- It's definitely going to be an interesting summer, right? What else do we have? I think we've got two more gentlemen. Um, no, potentially one more because we've already talked about this. So, yeah, Mason asks, 
Um, two questions, and um, we've got: Would you rather Wolves uh, win the Carabao Cup or qualify for Champions League? And also, do you think Wolves will invest this summer purely so Fosin can grow the success off the pitch? Uh, esports, clothes, music records, um, or do they can't go hand? Surely they go hand in hand. So basically. Would you rather see Wolves win a cup or finish fourth? I, uh, I think if it was FA Cup, I'd say FA Cup. If it's League Cup, I'd probably say Champions League. And that sounds a bit weird, but that's probably what where what I'd be at. It's tough one there. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm it's it. I think if you'd have offered this about six, seven years ago, I would have said Carabao Cup all day long. But the fact that Champions League is not beyond the realms of possibility for us, I know it's the next step up, and we could have got there last year, well, a couple of years ago. Um, I've always said that it, just seeing us win anything at all would be nice. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, if I heard that music at Molyneux, I know I'd be crying. So <laughs> for the, I had the same thought of that. Yeah, that yeah, music. So, I mean, even when they put it in FIFA and we had, we had money in FIFA after we left Ivy Lane at last, it was even a virtual version of it. It was emotional. <laughs> so I'd probably would say at, at this point, I'd probably would say Champions League over a Carabao Cup. Mad. Uh, I, I, I'd say Carabao Cup every time. I'd say Cup. Hey, because if you win the Carabao Cup, you end up in Europe. I believe so. I said that so confidently, and then there you are, you are. Um, yeah, is it conference league? Uh, yeah, but you got a pathway then. But I think no, I think um, yeah, I can see exactly what you mean, Tom, when you say, "Oh, it was the FA Cup, definitely." I mean, Blues won the Carabao Cup for Christ's sake. Yeah, you know, you lumbered in with them, but they're never going to yeah. be in the Champions League ever. So. But yeah, they say Champions League music. If you get to those group stages, it yeah. FA Cup, FA Cup's different. All just competition yeah. in the world. FA Cup's prestige. Yeah, I'm all up for the FA Cup. Carabao Cup, give me Champions League. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I might do a poll on that one because I think it's a. I think it's a. It's That's a, a good one. I think it's a like particularly for the Carabao Cup. I think it like it might sway people one way or another. Um, that's about four polls. Uh, I need to run off this. So that, that's our content schedule sorted for the next couple of days. Um, but that, gents, is where we're going to leave today's show. Big what thanks was it, to... What was, was the other part of the question? Oh, the investment bit. Oh, the investment bit. I've literally just skipped that out. I was just going to move on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fosun uh, Investment Company, they actually do understand to make a return. They do need to invest in a product. But the the initial investment isn't necessarily enough. Um, I generally do think that yes, they have a sustainability model, and yeah, they've got these wild ideas about how they can enhance the name. Um, but uh, I think it all kind of say it all goes hand in hand, doesn't it? In terms of their extra extra stuff. Yeah, I think I think that I think they have to invest this summer. I, I don't think for any other reason other than they need to, otherwise they're going to go so far backwards. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, without the prestige of the club being in the Premier League and in the higher echelons of the Premier League, you can forget everything else. You can just write it all off because no one will care. Yeah, worldwide, no, we. I mean, no. we just we don't really care as it is, but like the worldwide audience definitely <laughs> won't care. So, 
you know, you yeah. can forget it. They've got to, they've got to do it. Otherwise, they're they're going to go so far back. And that stuff they said about being, you know, they want to be challenging Man City in what ten years was it when he first came in? I know that's sort of pie in the sky stuff, but maybe last night I make me realise that they're further away now than they were three years ago. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, now we actually answered part two of a question for once. Um, we'll end it there. Uh, big thanks to everyone who's um listen and tuned in live on youtube um we'll be back on monday night i think it'll probably be to react to the norwich i was gonna say the norwich defeat fuck no to the next <laughs> game Pos- positive positive manifestations guys um big thanks to our sponsors pixel yeti media and of course 19 min uh football network uh make sure you check us out on Uh, all our socials at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, it's goodbye from Tom. Evening all. Bye from Stu. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time.